Good morning, or whatever time it is where you are. Good that. Um, welcome to episode four of Term One, Season Two of the Fetch Everyone Weekly Podcast. Ha! Huh. We could just say the weekly podcast, mm, couldn't we? But then, I think so. Yeah. I think it's just gonna. Yeah. I remembered exactly what it should be, though. So you know, oh. kudos to me. Oh dear. Um, anyway, welcome to the podcast and um, let's play that music. FetchEveryone.com is a free website for runners, bikers, swimmers, walkers and everyone else. As you probably know by now, some websites put their best features behind the paywall. Some websites have had $150 million of venture capital. Mm. I haven't had that. I've had fleas biting my legs this week. <laughs> <laughs> but we're doing all right, aren't we? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and, but we don't do that. We, we, no. We, no. Refuse. Shan't. Um, if you uh, want to make sure you always get our podcast, you can subscribe to it on iTunes, Spotify, and probably a bunch of other stuff. Uh, those are the main two I can think of at the moment. Um, if you want to comment, visit fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast. And if you'd like to send us a recording, we would love to hear uh, your dulcet tones. Um, but I'll explain how to do that later on. And I'm joined here by my lovely co-host, uh, Katie. Are you here, Katie? I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. And I'm wide awake and I've already done... A trip to the swimming pool. Yes, which sounds fabulous, <laughs> but uh, there's a story behind it, isn't there? Well, it just wasn't open. Um, mm. So I've had a trip to the swimming pool and a trip back from the swimming pool, and I've practiced putting my swimming costume on. Yeah. Um, and choosing my implements. Swimming uh, implements. My swimming implements. Your swimplements, if you will. Uh huh. And um, but they've got no running water. So they've got no showers and no toilets and no nothings. Oh, heck. And I wanted to say, but I, don't, I just want to swim in the non-running water. I want the still water, please. And I'll, I won't bother any of your running water, but of course they can't. Health and safety. Yeah. It can't be open. So um, I returned and have now installed the Fusion app. Yeah. And booked to swim at Robinson for lunchtime. So I'm not giving up. No, sorry. No. I want to swim this week. Good. Well, that's all a big step forward because mm. last week you didn't even go to a closed swimming pool. No. So that's, it's a step. It is. It shows yeah. that my um, my mental attitude is that I want to get back into those things again. So that's good. Yeah. So what's the latest generally then with your back? Yes, it's a lot better. Um, I can move quite freely. I can even bend forwards. Um, and I had a, a working week last week where I did about 50% of my work. And I started doing um, kind of more challenging core work and more challenging back stretches. And I also did shock horror, a little bit of run walking. <sighs> yes. That's so, good to hear. Yeah. So on on the right kind of road with it all, mm. and um, as you know, it's really hard to keep going with the old exercises once you're not hurting anymore. 
but I'm really, really determined to keep going with the little set of exercises I've got that I'm doing at the moment. Little modifications here and there, but just keep going with them. Keep on top of it yeah. and not let things get in the way because they do only take 10 minutes, the little set that I've got, and it's it really is just so worth it, I think. Yeah. I think my abs feel a little bit, just a tiny bit firmer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if people will understand that noise that you just made. You might need to explain it. Well, that's the noise that I make when I, you know, engage my my abs and um, hang on, I'll just release them again. Ah, there they go. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm at. And so I didn't do any swimming last week because I was being very kind of cautious and careful and all of those things and wanted to get work back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stephen has been my little buddy. He's been coming out with me for my walks and my run walks. And he's an excellent motivator. He looks at me when I get, change from my little jog into my walking. He looks at me as if to say, what are you doing? Why don't you keep on trotting? Like, look at me, look. Just trot, trot, trot on your forelegs and you'll be fine. Um, so he's been a real lovely kind of bit of company to have with me for for that and he's been enjoying it and I've been enjoying it and fingers crossed several days before we've seen a flea isn't mm, it yes we bought a, a big can of of nasty chemical spray indorex um, indorex and just blitzed the entire house with it mm. pretty much uh so fingers crossed we followed crossed. Ruse. Uh, excellent instructions actually so it wasn't too late Rue you did get those instructions in before we'd actually received our can and um, yeah we we did the hoovering we haven't got carpets downstairs that's the one good thing we've only got hard floors so um, but we did hoover and spray the furniture and the cushions and everything, everything. we could yeah so Let's hope that's the last we've seen of those little swines. Yeah. Indeed. So what about you? How's the old cycling going? Yeah, well, still no running. And, and my calf is still feeling a little bit odd when I walk as well, even, which is a real bummer. Um, but I'm, I also need to get back to doing those little set of exercises that uh, you laid out for me about a month or so ago or whenever it was. Longer than that? Quite a lot longer than that. Quite a lot longer than that. Okay. Well, that's good because it means there was quite a big gap in between my injuries. Um, but yeah, I need to get back to doing some more stuff to give my calf a bit more support. And you've given me some excellent analogies for mm. for why I should be doing that. Uh-huh. Um, and But yeah, the cycling has been really quite enjoyable. Um, I'm looking at my little list here and I'm up to 138 miles for October um, and I reckon we're on the 18th now so maybe about 250 for the month which would be um, by far the biggest cycling month I've ever had um, and I'm absolutely rattling through my conquer size squares uh, every time I go out, go out at the moment I am trying to hit a bunch of new ones my longest ride's been um, actually yesterday, which is to about 27 and a half miles. Um, and I'm still at the point now where with a budget of, of 27 miles, I can hit 
quite a few new squares, mm. or at least ones that I haven't visited within the last year. So my lawn is growing, and I'm also working on um, it's a new feature uh, called grids on Conquer Size. Right. Where so you've got your home square in the middle, right. and then all of the eight squares around that. That's mm. your level one grid. Okay. And then there's the grid outside that, which there are 16 of those squares. Um, and once you've completed the whole set, you, you go up mm. a grid number. Um, How many are there on the next one? 24. So it goes up by eight each time. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. it's, your, it's your grids. Oh, I thought, I thought that's what it was when I looked it up. Um, anyway, so... There's usually like one missing that like unlocks the whole, the right. whole shebang, um, and yeah, so it's it's starting to get tactical now. But I'm enjoying it. Um, my my backside is still a little mm. bit sort of sore with sitting on the saddle for so long. Oh, recommendations for cycling shorts for Mister Fetch, please. Yeah, I I wonder whether or not I need a slightly wider saddle because um, one thing I read was that if the saddle is too narrow for your sitting bones, what's what are your sitting bones called? Your pelvis. Your ischial tuberosities. If you really want to know. <laughs> I do want to know. I they can... are part of your pelvis, though, to keep it a bit more simple. My ischial tuberosities. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, my ischial tuberosities <laughs> were not in. <laughs> Not in the best state after uh, 27 miles, but I think I didn't start sort of shuffling around and swearing until about sort of about 14 miles in. So mm. I don't know whether that's an improvement or not, um, because I definitely think that on shorter rides, I would have been complaining by that point. So mm. maybe I'm uh, strengthening up my ischial tuberosities. Is it more of a bruised feeling or a chafed feeling? It's definitely more like bruising. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you don't have to resort to the, um, what was it called that you have to smother yourself in? Chamois cream. Chamois cream. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I bought this book secondhand and it's got 1,100 cycling tips in it. And some of them are utterly hilarious. Um, mm. I read some out to you yesterday and, and I think yeah. the, the feeling was that they could probably, if they would stuck with like maybe... A hundred cycling tips. It could still have been a great book. They could have fleshed those out a little bit more. My feeling is is that for any sport, 20 top tips is more than enough. You can't turn that into a book, though, can you, in all no. fairness? Um, but you can't turn a hundred into a book either, which is why they've done 1,100. Yeah, but each one is, is like a little tiny paragraph. Mm. So they could, if they turn that into a page and yeah. you've got your 100-page or 200-page book, then you're, yeah. you're in business. But no, they're just... Weird ones like you know, take a take a camera with you to interview strangers along the way. Mm. Uh, um, I'll yeah. give you. I I won't mention the publisher. No. Um, Maybe we shouldn't even mention the book title. Yeah. <laughs> I think I mentioned it in my blog. Okay. A couple of weeks ago. Um. So. Uh. Yes. And. Um. I've learned how to um, do better gear changes. Good. So you get the front cogs and the back cogs. Mm. And normally I would be on the big cog on the front and work my way through the cogs on the back when you're going up a hill and struggle, yeah. struggle, struggle, struggle until finally you go, I can't go on anymore. And you switch to the small cog on yeah. the front and all of a sudden you're going at a way different pace. 
but it, you know, it's, and it's a massive change. Whereas if you see the hill coming up, you get on the small cog on the front straight away yeah. and go up a couple of gears yeah. rather than down a couple of gears on the, on the back wheel, mm. then it's not so much of a, yes. a big change when you, when you working Half your way up, up the hill. hill you go yeah. Plunk. Yeah. Yeah. Make, it's made a lot of difference. So this is a question that I can never remember the answer to ever. And that is which one is low gear and which one is high gear? Is it just, is it the bigger one is high gear or is it the smaller one is high gear? Um, in general, um, it's the one where um, you're transferring more power to the wheel per meter. So if you're on a small cog at the front and a big cog at the back, then each turn of the pedals is transferring more energy into a, a shorter amount of time. Mm. So like when you're in the car and you're in first gear, it's you're you're starting to try and move this massive tonnage of yeah. vehicle. So it's the it's the ratio where the um the cogs at the back or the cogs attached to the wheel mm. are relatively big in relation to the cogs on the pedals. So then that's how I see it. But which one is low gear? I would call that a low gear. Which? When you're when the the small one, small at the front and a big cog at the back. Okay, and when does it change from low to high? Well, there's in theory like there's there's I don't know seven or eight cogs on the back and two cogs on the front, so mm. there are like sixteen different combinations. So mm. um, it's all relative. I don't think there's any sort of fixed point where you go okay. right. These are low gears and these are high gears. Okay. Um, and I have a theory that there's um, some of the ones where you're on the small cog on the front mm. but, and, a, and a small cog on the back are not that different to big cog and big cog. Yeah, okay. Um, I think I'm just gonna, my brain's going to stay confused about that one. Not because your explanation is bad, but I think it's just... And we all have these things, right, where... No matter how many times we have them explained, please tell me that someone else does this as well. The moment you've got it, within a few minutes, it's dissipated again and you go, oh, hang on a minute, what is that low gear, high gear thing again? So, yeah. yeah. We did this thing... It's like the Lido Lido. I know that someone put a good explanation on the podcast thread. It's gone. It's gone. (laughs) I think it's Lido. Well, it's whatever you want it to be, really. But anyway, um, it doesn't matter, does yeah. it? But that's what I'm saying. I have several of those things in my my brain. So at the moment, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm in the small cog yeah, and I'm in a big cog, if I'm in a small cog at the front and a bigger one at the back, that's a low gear. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll see if so I can hold on to that. It, we did this thing in, in technology lessons in school where we had Lego cogs and you just had to count the teeth and work out how many times the like a big cog would go round for one turn of the little one. the little cog yeah. um and if you imagine that every time you press down on the pedals you're putting the same amount of power through those pedals mm. and and if you're on a if the pedals are attached to a little cog 
mm. and there's a big cog on the back wheel, mm. then that that whole turn of the pedals with that little cog is only moving the back wheel just a little bit. So all of that power is being transferred into a, a short amount of distance that you're traveling. Okay. So it's... That's low gears, so that's how you start get a car moving. That's yeah. what's happening inside the gearbox. But I don't know if that's. I don't know if I'm. I think we might have to let that one settle yeah. in my brain a bit. Yeah. If there's an expert out there at explaining this sort of thing, we'd love to hear a contribution. Oh, probably. that would be great. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Surely there's someone. I remember help. in a sprint triathlon, and I was very used to on the downhills having everyone go flying past me because I was always sitting with my brakes on <laughs> going downhill. Um, so that was normal. Um, but I was coming up a hill, coming out of Felmersham, and this lovely Harrier lady came shooting past me up the hill, and she just sort of shouted over her shoulder, Katie, change gear! <laughs> like that, in a kind of, what are you doing? Because <laughs> I was clearly like, pushing hard really hard working really hard to get anywhere and and she just said change gear and I don't remember whether she shouted get in a lower gear or get in a higher gear or whatever but anyway anyway so clearly it's not been something that I've ever really mastered no well it Mm. it's one of those things that when it when it clicks for you it sort of it does um and it's just like you see the hill coming yeah you you change the front one you change Uh the back one clickety-click, and then your legs go around a couple of times until you've got the hang of where you are with it, and then you carry on. So it helped me definitely. Good. Um, And the other thing that I'm finding is that every now and again I think, oh, I I must need this thing or that thing. Like, I I definitely need some oil for my chain, and I need something to Mm. keep a a spare in a tube and a pump in in case I get stuck 25 miles from home or whatever. Is this your Christmas list? Well, it's my. It's definitely my list. Um, okay. We'll have to see whether I've been a good boy or not. Really, okay. as far as that goes. Cool. Yeah. So that's my training. I've enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to carry on doing it. And good. Fingers crossed. My my running legs will get back with me soon. Mm. Um. Cool. So you got anything else to add in that little section, or should we move no. on to the next section? Move on. Bing bong. <laughs> that's that's so, the jingle for moving on. Okay, that's cool. Um, sight features. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't, do we normally do that next? That's fine. You can yeah. do that now. Okay. Um, so a bunch of stuff, and it's probably no surprise that a lot of it has been stuff that I've gone, oh, yeah, that would be really good to have um, since I've started cycling. So um, apologies to runners that perhaps it's less relevant, but um, it is a site for everybody. So makes sense to beef it all areas of it up and we've had some walking updates over the years um so we've got some cycling ones to tell you about so there's gradient analysis where you can see just how much you slow down on each percentage of gradient so if it's a one percent or two percent or whatever you can see how much your speed drops if you've got um a gps that does a decent sort of altitude thing and if you've done enough cycling. So it's based on your entire last 365 days of cycling, and it works out your averages for you. So you can see whether or not there's, there's something you can work on there. Um, the conker size grids, I've mentioned those. 
Um, so for me, reaching new territory, um, even when I'm running well, it's a bit tricky to, to hit new squares. Um, but with the cycling, I've definitely sort of found myself expanding my grid. Um, we've got new badges, not just for cyclists, but mm. for swimmers as well. No, I've got so, loads. I got a big, I get, I got a big kind of package of badges. Yeah, yeah. So they're for your total mm. mileage since you started logging it. So there are thirty um, badges for cycling, um, and someone orange, orange, mm. um, has uh, biked one hundred and twenty-five thousand miles. Wow. Um, so when I was working out how many badges to do, mm. like there's a whole heap of fetchies in the in the naught to one thousand miles mm. category, uh-huh. and then they start to drop off a bit, and then there's orange right, right at the top with a like an eighth of a million miles That's of cycling, cool. um, and then I did the same for swimming as well, and. I put, so I put a lot of badges in the in the first hundred miles of swimming because mm. that's where most people are. Um, but then there's um, I think it's someone called K9 who's got four thousand plus miles of swimming. Oh, okay. um, and they've they've gone back and logged a load of stuff going mm. back probably since before you could even log swimming on fetch. So they kind of retrospectively filled in their log, but they've got four thousand miles. Wow. I'm I'm doubting myself. Now, I can't remember if it's K9 or not, but okay. there's definitely someone. So go and have a look under League's training, and you can see um, there's a link to all-time mileage on there as well, and you can see where people are in it and just how many miles those crazy folks at the top have done. Mm. It's quite spectacular. Um, and one last thing to note is that I am working on a little change to the way that Garmin send us information so they've said they're withdrawing the old system at the start of december so get on with it in other words um so if you notice any small disturbances in the force that's to do with that um but i'll blog about the details because they're far too dull for detailed dull and detailed for our podcast so i'm on training league and i've yeah. selected swimming go to all time league oh, okay i'm going to your swimming in the tabs on the left and you're on this page somewhere, so page two, yeah. If you scroll down, you'll find yourself if you well, want to. I was to. looking up page one. It is K9. It is K9. Hooray, hooray. So they've done 4,943 miles of swimming. That's madness. Just compared to what I have done then. So, oh, yeah, 469. Mm. Sorry, isn't it? That's really good. I mean, keep going at that, and there's definitely scope for getting into the top 100 there. Yeah. And who knows where? Who knows from where you may go? From where to where? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And actually, Orange, also quite high up on the swimming. Yeah, 1,100 miles It's almost as if he's well. a triathlete or something. Yeah, it? it's like he does all three disciplines. He probably does other stuff as well that we don't know about, that, that cannot be logged. Yeah. Cannot be, just, cannot be heard by human ears. <laughs> cool. Very good. Yeah. Right then. That's me done with my, my site features. Okay. Yeah. I have a highlight that I'd like to highlight. Go on then. It's a blog and it's by Flatlander. And it's uh, interesting because it's his analysis of his pacing at Cambridge Half yesterday. Hmm. Um, it's got a little bit of everything in there actually. It's got a bit of geography. 
Cambridge Geography. Um, and it's got a bit of how you pace in there and how he paces in particular. Um, and not just the kind of the bit that would worry me the most about it, which is the sticking to the time. Mm. Um, but also the just the general looking after people and, and not just the people you're pacing, but other people. And yeah, it's a really cool blog, actually. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so he was he was not just pacing himself, he was pacing oh, other yeah. people. He was an official pacer, so he oh, was sweet. one of the backpacks and flag folks at Cambridge Half. He was mm. um, pacing to 2.15, yeah. um, which is well within his capabilities, yeah. very, very much so. And I've been paced by Flatlander through a mile at, on, a tr- on a running track, and it's a pretty awesome experience. So mm. go and have a little read of that blog. It's very cool. Like being transported around on a throne of support. <laughs> it's just, it's amazingly precise. It's yeah. a very precise experience and kind of quietly encouraging. I'm a big fan of Flatlander and his pacing abilities. So yeah, go and have a little read of that. It's yesterday's or today. No, it might be today's blog actually, which is the what? What are we on? The 18th. Yeah. And I've got another blog for you all to read as well. It's um, Snoot. And it's from the 11th of October, and um, he dropped me a line about it. It's reminiscences from his first race. So we asked people if they would let us know about those, and he has done. So go and have a little look at at his. Cool. Um, We've got some featured fetchies also. Yes. Who should we listen to first? Who would you like to listen Uh, to first? How about we give Gordon G a batch? A batch? A Let's batch. Give him, give him a batch of what? Okay. I don't know. I'm intrigued because his the the recording file is called knocking or knocking noise. So okay. as to what he's talking about, I do not know, but we'll find out. Hey, Fetchies, Gordon G here. Um, I've got a bit of a favour to ask you. It's not running related, but bear with me while I set the scene. Uh, I live in a fairly bog standard semi-detached house. Um, Upstairs is three bedrooms and a bathroom. At the back of the house is bedroom of uh, mine and my wife. And in the room next to us, uh, our middle son, it's, he has his bedroom. Now, he's quite artistic and he quite likes to paint murals on his wall or get old wooden furniture and kind of paint it up and make it look nice. And sometimes he kind of, as a night owl, he, he quite likes to work quite late, dabbing away with paintbrushes. And for the last few months, I've been noticing that He's been doing this at some really odd times at night. And I've been meaning to say something to him. So the other day, uh, just me and him were in the house, and uh, I could hear what sounded like the usual noise of him kind of dabbing a paintbrush, you know, trying to make some kind of clever effect. And it went on and on. Now, the noise was clearly coming from his bedroom, but here's the thing. He was in the bathroom, and there was no one else in the house. So when he came out, I said to him, what is that noise? And he quite casually said, yeah, it's the creature in the loft. And what he means by that is every time this this knocking noise occurs, it's it's kind of in the walls in the loft above his bedroom. And it's a short tapping noise. It kind of sounds like someone tapping a knuckle. And he's quite casual about it. And I said, well, how long has that been going on? He says, oh, you know, a couple of months. So I went up to the loft, and like many lofts, it's absolutely packed with stuff. And I went over to the corner where the noise was coming from. But despite the fact I'd moved all the 
camping stuff and everything out of the way. Couldn't see anything. There's no nothing's been eaten. There's there's no holes in the roof or anything. I went to the outside. I could clearly still hear this knocking. There's no branches or anything tapping the outside of the wall. There's nothing loose. The guttering isn't loose. There's absolutely nothing to see. But every now and again, we hear this tapping noise. I've tried to record it. Now, it's not a very good noise. It's quite a kind of a, quite a, a hissy recording. Um, but bear with me. Let, let me try and put it up to the microphone and see if you can hear this. Did you hear that? Let me play it again for you. So here's my question. What on earth is making that noise? I'm absolutely convinced it's not pipes because I don't think there are any pipes up there. And we have radiators that knock and bang and they don't make that noise. It's not the guttering expanding because again, our guttering is very noisy when it expands in the heat. Um, but it's not it's not that. Now the noise doesn't happen all the time, only occasionally, sometimes just for a few seconds. Uh, yesterday, it lasted for about an hour. Um, I've been up to the loft. I've tried to make noises. I've tried to put a camera down there. I cannot see anything because underneath the, the floorboards of the loft, um, there's insulation and I can't see anything that's been eaten or chewed or I don't know. I'm at a loss. So Fetchies, if you know where that noise is, please let us know because it's driving me mad. Thanks, guys. You should get out immediately. That's my advice. What do you think? Well, I think it's one of um, two things. Either it's, it is something that is knocking, expanding, changing shape, and it's either reverberating from somewhere else to sound as if it's where you, you are hearing it, or you've got a ghost. Yeah. That's it. No, there's no middle ground no. there. There's no, not a ghost with a pipe or no. anything. No. Um, yeah, I mean, all the way through until you said that you were sure it wasn't pipes, I was thinking, yeah, probably pipes. Um, there, it, when you played the sound, there was the sound of, it sounded like running water at the it same time. It did, yeah. Um, which made me wonder. Um, and I have had, I have had knocking pipes before, Gordon. <laughs> um, and um, we bought some Hessian, um, like, bandage type mm. stuff that you wrap around. And that solved the problem for us. So um, I don't know about this knocking noise, but if you tackled the knocking noises that you know about from your pipes, then it, whether that reduces the, just leaves mm. you alone with the knocking noise that you can't explain, uh, that, you know, it's good. When our washing machine refills or empties, one or the other, I'm not quite sure, um, there's a large clonk. And I can hear it in the bathroom when it does that. Mm. So that's that's definite. The other thing that I was going to mention is our new front door, which is very noisy, especially in the afternoon sun. It kind of ticks and clicks. And it yeah. sounds as if the old... Well, maybe it is the ghost of the chain that was on the old door because it does sound like a chain that you would use to you know, open the door just a little bit to 
peer out at someone, which yeah. we had on the old door, but we haven't got on the new door. It sounds like the chain clanking and moving. Yeah. So was your house, when you, when you moved into the house, was it suspiciously cheap? Were all the windows kind of nailed shut? Were there like a, a, a massive sort of patch of dead flies somewhere? Anything like that? Or live flies. Or live flies, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're, they're the worst. Was there um, an outline of somebody lying on the floor? Was there a man at the gate who's, who gave you an apocalyptic warning and you've never seen him before or since? That kind of thing. And, or is there a kind of mysterious music as you, as you sort of wander around the house? Mm. Like a sort of Mike Oldfield type thing going on. Mm. Does any of those things happen as well? Because mm. they're all contributory factors, Indeed. I would say. Yeah. Um, but do let us know, Fetchies. Um, I mean, we're in the month of October and we're, mm. we're making progress it's towards pretty Halloween. Spooky. Pretty spooky. Let's hope that we can solve this before uh, mm. Gordon's untimely demise at the hands of his knocking pipes. I'm going to go with with pipe. Yeah. That's my That's my decision. Could it be a basilisk? I mean, they are in pipes, aren't they, basilisks? That's how they move around Hogwarts, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, is there, a, is there a mysterious chamber underneath your house? Mm. Follow the spiders, Gordon. That's my final word. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I really enjoyed that. And next up, we've got a another member of the month interview. So thank you to everybody who's been involved in sorting these out for us. Um, and this one is Mandy Moo interviewing Sarah Wu. Hello Fetchies, it's Mandy Moo here. I'm sitting in a lovely little college in college cottage in Lingfield, um, away with the girls, and opposite me is the gorgeous Sarah Wu. So we thought perfect time to do her member of the month interview. Um, we're both a little bit weary of a lovely walk yesterday and a few alcoholic beverages last night. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, only a few, so just bear with us, please. So, Sarah, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm looking forward to a roast lunch at the pub later on. Yeah, me too. But then, you know me, I love my food. So, questions. First of all, Serendipity asks, um, congratulations, Sarah Wu. I'm so pleased. Of which run are you the most proud? That was the Royal, half, Royal Parks Half. In 2009, it was my first half, um, and I'd done a couple of 10Ks, but I fancied doing a half, and that sounded really attractive. And I think it was the second second run of that event, wasn't it? I think it had only happened once before that. I can't um, remember. Yeah, I think it was only the second one. And we ran it, you and me and Helen and Linz, and we had a ball. I loved it. And then we met... Sally, Kate, didn't we? Afterwards? Pizza. The pizza. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we walked bloody miles to find um, somewhere to have a pizza. Yes, we did. Excuse my language, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, oh, God. Pedras Skulls? How do you... Pedras Skulls? Yep, sorry. Yeah, we're calling Pedro. Um, congratulations, Sarah Wu. My question is, if time and money uh, was no object, what race or route would you love to do? Well, my answer was at the time, I hadn't long been to um, Italy on a holiday um, beside Lake Maggiore and had noticed that um, they ran a half marathon there. 
and it is absolutely beautiful beside that lake. Um, the scenery is just breathtaking um, and the race apparently runs along the lakeside road and it's also pretty flat so I was thinking that would be a lovely half to do. So have you changed your mind since you originally said that? No, I don't think so, no. Okay, that's good. Then we have a strange lady called Mandy Moo. She asks you, yeah, just a very strange one that hangs around here. Um, Congratulations, Wu. What can I ask that I don't already know? Hmm. Okay, what's your favourite race ever? (laughs) Well, I was going to say the Royal Parks half again, but I've already talked about that. So I think it would have to be the downflow up toe half from Windsor to Marlow and I ran that with Sally Kate in 2010. Is that one of your favourite running yeah, pictures as well isn't it? it of you is. two? Yeah. yeah in fetchy tops yes and it's beautiful along the along the Thames there um, and I'm determined to do it again actually the other way around because they do it from Windsor to Marlow one year and then Marlow to Windsor the next year so I'd really like to do that one again. I'm sure Sally will do it with you again. Yeah I'm sure she would. Then we have Westmore's asks, congratulations, Sarah Wu. If you could meet anybody, past or present, who would it be and why? Well, my answer to this was influenced by having recently watched The King's Speech. And I found it really interesting how much of a struggle George VI had after his brother abdicated. Um, So I think I'd quite like to have met him and talked to him a bit more about how he dealt with all that. Interesting. Mm. Autumn Leaves asks, congratulations. My question is, what made you take up running? Ah, well, there's a story. <laughs> um, many years ago, probably 2006, was it? At least uh, 2006 or seven at the very yeah. latest. Um, we were losing weight with the help of a website called Weight Loss Resources. I lost about three stone then, and there were forums on that website too. And uh, there was a runner's one, which I got involved with because having lost the weight, I decided I needed to do something a bit more energetic to keep it off. And at that point, the only exercise I was doing was a bit of horse riding. So I started off with the runner's world version of Couch to 5K in 2007, joined Fetch a few months later, and the rest is history. And on that weight loss website, I that's where I met uh, Mandy Moon and Hell's Bells and Sally Kate and Ros as well was on Weight Loss Resources. Wasn't Sparkly? Uh, is she not on Fetch? No, she's not Fetchy anymore, is no, she? No. So, no. So, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Pot Hunter Pot Hunter asks, congratulations, who are your sporting and non-sporting heroes? Mm, I found this quite difficult. But... Um, one of the um, the sports pe- the sports people that I um, admire is Nick Skelton, who's an equestrian. He broke his neck after a fall from a horse in 2000, was told he would never ride again, and then came back to become the oldest equestrian to win an Olympic gold medal at the age of 58 in 2016, show jumping gold medal. Um, so that was a pretty um, astonishing achievement. But my non-sporting hero is my husband, bless him. Um, mind you, he's a bit more sporty these days than he Isn't was. he just? Yeah. yeah. He took on my kids as well as me about 20 years ago and has loved us all to bits ever since, through thick and thin. Oh, bless him. 
Um, Howes Bales asks, yes, congratulations, lovely one. Easy question. When can we have tea and cake? <laughs> well, we did have tea and cake at um, Bedford Park Run just before lockdown hit last year. Um, but it's about time we did it again. And Helen has just um, started up a new park run. I can't remember the name of it. Sorry, Helen, in um, Cambridge. And I think I might pay them a visit and we can go for tea and cake again. Be interesting. Nice. Yeah. Arakaz asks, Super Sarah Wu, congratulations. If you were to be given a golden ticket for any sporting event in the world, what would you cue what what would you choose? What would you choose to watch? Um I chose uh the Olympic equestrian events, especially the cross country. I went to Badminton Horse Trials um a few years ago for the first time and loved it. And it would be wonderful to see all that on a bigger international level. And I've never watched dressage live either, so I think that would be pretty special. It had to be something to do with horses, didn't it? Yes, <laughs> I'm predictable. Helen Gann asks, um, congratulations, Sarah Wu, which is your favourite bridge and why? The Mila Bridge. This was quite an easy one to answer. The Mila Bridge in southern France. Um, we drove down there once for a long weekend, which is a flipping long way to go for a long weekend. Um it's a it's a fabulous construction and it's almost it's something quite ethereal about it um we drove over it two or three times and also went down to the village underneath it and parking right underneath the bridge and looking upwards was was incredible definitely worth a visit nice put that on my tick list to do mm, then you should yeah uh columba asks congratulations sarah Wu. what do you like to do the day after a really tough race <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't often do tough races, but when I did, um, have a lie-in with a nice cup of tea is the first thing, and um, and probably some dog walking, because I've got to move about a bit, but lots of eating too, of course, um, pizza and uh, chocolate. And <laughs> There's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> There's a surprise. There's always Cadbury's involved. Yes. Um, other brands of chocolates are obviously available. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sombrero asks, oh, this one makes me laugh. Yeah. Congratulations. If you inherited a guinea pig and its its established name was Malcolm, would you change the name? How about if it turned out to be a girl? <laughs> Talk about a random question. Thank you, Som. Um I don't think I'd change its name because that would be very confusing for the poor thing. It might already be bewildered by a change of home and owner. So I wouldn't change it if it turned out to be a girl either, um, because the guinea pig wouldn't care one way or the other. <laughs> and it's good to be a bit different. Yeah. Although I can't say Malcolm without doing the impression of that bloke in the tunes advert. <laughs> oh, bum. Oh, Malcolm. <laughs> I can't go to school bunged up like this, bub. <laughs> Sorry, it's a good job we didn't do this last night when we'd had a few drinks. Yeah, that's it. Oh, dear. And finally, Mrs. Sunbed asks, congratulations, what is your favourite distance to run and why? So my running history is pretty paltry, but I think 10K is my favourite because there are some lovely 10K races about and the distances within reach on the back of sporadic training. Um, if I was a more serious, consistent runner, I think I'd go for 10 miles because that's not quite as tough as a half, but still significant. And then we'll go back to our conversation we had last night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could. Yes. yes. 
<laughs> we'll leave you all in suspense what yeah. that is, I'm sure, yeah. Sarah would tell you another day. Yeah. About that. Um, and that's it. So there you are. That's the um, member of the Mum interview for the lovely Sarah Wu. Thank you, Mand. Okay, then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Petsies. Thank you both. Um, full disclosure, I haven't listened to that one yet. Um, we're going to listen to that once Katie's done all her magic stitching. Um, is it more or less complicated than a sock? To put it all together, Katie. Well, more complicated. More complicated than a sock. But it's not that complicated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you very much for, for that, and I'm looking forward to hearing it. Um, so, futures, Katie? Yes. Talk about your future. Talk about my future. I'm hoping to... So, I've now booked to swim at Robinson's Pool for half past 12 today and hopefully I will be done and dusted with editing and can shoot off there well I will be shooting off there whether I'm done or dusted with editing or not and hopefully that will go well just going to do some gentle lengths and um and just see how everything feels okay what's That's that cool. face mean oh I'm just you know just being me um that's cool. I've got a busier work week this week, so um, but I need to get in touch with my my other workplace, which is not my home clinic, the MS Therapy Centre, and just say to them, can I just do this much this week, and um, to let them know. And I wouldn't mind doing a little bit more run walking later in the week, but I'm not going to be pushing that one too much. It's mm -hmm. not my priority, really, getting back to swimming. is. I'd love to get to Box End next weekend and I'd love to get in the river sometime this week so there's a couple of things I'd like to do swim wise and we'll see how that goes yeah that's cool well I'm gonna carry on with my biking adventure um mm. later on this week I'm gonna be exploring the Derbyshire Nottinghamshire area so if we've got any fetchies listening from that area you'd like to recommend anywhere that I could get to with a budget of about 30 miles from the from the M1, um, then do let, let us know with a comment on the podcast thread or drop me a line or something like that. But um, yeah, anywhere good would be good. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening, Fetchies, if indeed you still are. Um, and as I always say, um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast via whatever means you want to do that. Um, you can comment via fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast. And if you'd like to send us a recording, if you've got uh, perhaps any advice for Gordon um, or you'd like to have a reminisce about your first ever race or uh, anything, we you know, as you've probably worked out, we're uh, we're happy to have any kind of contribution. Really, we love hearing from you. If you have a top 20 cycling tips. Yeah, or even a top one. Yeah. Your Your best cycling tip ever. Um, then just grab your phone, use the voice recording app, and then forward it to podcast at fetcheveryone.com. Yeah. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and if you send it as an MP3, you get a gold star from me. Yes, it's one less step for you to have to <laughs> go through to convert it. But um, I don't know whether or not that's something you can do on your, on your directly on your phone or no, not. You but, probably have to go through yeah. the uh, conversion apps or conversion sites, yeah. Yeah, anyway. We'll we'll make the the best of it, whatever in whatever of format course. it comes in. But um, yes, course. thank you very much. Of course, we will. Yeah, um, and we will see you next time. Any final words, Katie? Bye. <laughs>
That's a good one. Ta-da.